Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where can you see, can you say, that you say, we are the Super Metal Brothers. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. Where are the lyrics from, Danny? You don't maybe remember, I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you what, it is the return of Decapitated on our podcast with the news, and I thought I'd bring something back from the, I think, organic Hallucinogens album? I'm not sure. I can't remember where I got stole the lyrics from. I forgot. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Decap- a little bit like the girl with the band, I think, forgot what actual <laughs> sexual um, being molested is and what it isn't, you know? Right. So yeah. when it doesn't happen, it's not. When it does happen, it is. Uh, <laughs> you cleared it up for me. Oh, Denny, uh, we've had a pretty interesting week. We're getting closer now to Heavy SA, which is one of Adelaide's biggest uh, showcases of the Australian heavy metal, especially in the South Australian region. So you must be looking forward to that. Yeah, it's great because we all missed our download, unfortunately. Being in Melbourne and right. finances being tired and he wants to go to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a problem with Melbourne's Melbourne. Yeah, you Melbourne's know, it, Melbourne. It's uh, 12 months of bad weather. And, and it was. It rained yesterday. So <laughs> there you go. But I think but it was a good cause... music. And that's yeah. what they would have had. They would have enjoyed themselves with a bit of nails, a bit of Gajira, Mastodon, if you're into bands that aren't quite metal. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sabaton was there. Arch Enemy. I mean, Jeff Loomis. Is there any other reason you'd want to go? I mean, I can't think of one. But so I guess no. Yeah, lucky enough, Arch Enemy coming down to Adelaide, I think Tuesday night. So there you go. I haven't even got my tickets for that yet, Danny. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to go anyway, aren't so, we? Yeah. What's the chance that uh, the return of um, Nevermore will happen that <laughs> I mean, you'd have to re-bring a singer from the dead. Recently departed, however. But is it, is it possible? <laughs> Fly in all the other band members. <laughs> and, like, then, and, and for like Michael Amber to be like, yeah, I don't want to play Art Jimmy tonight. You play instead of Jeffrey, your band. Yeah. What about if it's like High School Musical where it's like <laughs> Van Williams and Jim Shepard from the band actually have moved to Adelaide trying to get away the, the Seattle music scene? Yeah. And like th- they get here, like Jeff Williams comes through the door and it's like, Jim, what, um, what's the other guy's name already? Van. Van, Jim, Van, what are you guys doing here? And it's like, I don't know, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then it's like, man, I've missed you so much. Yeah, let's do it. And then I'll, I'll strategically push their <laughs> instruments through the van and kick Elisa off the stage. <laughs> if we like keep yelling out, like, play River Dragon between each of their songs, do you think they'll get annoyed? <laughs> yeah, let's do play River Dragon. <laughs> you know what? It's like, I think Jeff, because of his suppressed nature of all this stuff that he's got, these rips, he just starts breaking out on all these awesome <laughs> solos. Like, there it is, you know. There's the next Arch Enemy album right there. His, his eyes twitching. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> He's like, I want you guys. Um, but we're supposed to talk other stuff like the news and that. Nah, so let's go straight into it. Yeah. Hold on. Straight off the bat, Danny. Let's talk about the ex-Overkill guitarist Bobby Gustafsson slamming bandmates, former, obviously, I should say, uh, says the upcoming DVD is a piece of shit. And he apparently isn't getting a single dime from it. Um, what are they celebrating, he says? The fact that none of the members, other members are even played on these albums. The fact that, that they will both make all the money. Interesting little problem. Obviously, he's got a say in it because you know, he was part of the album that he wrote it. And he won't be seeing any of that money. Uh, a bit of dodginess with the band? Or is this the way it is, man? If you uh, let it go, then it has to go somewhere else. I don't know. It sounds a bit weird. Yeah, it's one of those, I guess, messy relationship breakups because he got kicked out of the band apparently well not the first time second time get kicked out of the band and even though he wrote most of these songs part of the band not wrote the most songs but he was part of the band when these songs came to fruition i think he was also part of the recording of that dvd but then he got kicked out recently and so he won't get any money because he's not part of the band anymore which is a bit weird about royalties and stuff i'm not sure how that kind of works but normally your record label gets all your royalties anyway 
But he's saying he's a piece of shit, not because the quality's bad, recording's bad, or it could be, but yeah. also because he's not getting any money from it. So he's like, oh, if I'm going to go down, yeah. the rest of the man is coming with me. <laughs> he's just taking down the ship. He's going like the he's like the iceberg and they're the Titanic, right? Yeah, he's kind of overkilling the situation. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, that was awesome. Hey, hey. Iron Maiden Settle, Hello Be Thy Name lawsuit. Apparently, they're not as original or as awesome as people think, Danny. Who would have thunk? I've been saying this for the last three years of the podcast. I was going for two. Two and a half. Yeah. Let's round it up because yeah. that's what people do. <laughs> they might make things bigger. Like the thing in my pants right now, uh, Hello Be Their Name, was apparently got something in common with a song called Life's Shadow by a group called Beckett. What a way to rip off somebody by uh, making sure you don't get it from the metal um, thing so no one can ever trace it back, right? I think the Australian cricket team should have taken a, a leaf in this. You know, Instead of cheating on the day, they could have cheated by doing something else. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. Well, to be fair, there's, there's two points here. I mean, Mayan, they, they always... I guess cheek because all those lyrics come from like past stories so that's one thing but two to be fair they actually Steve Harris admitted that they took these lyrics from the song and they paid out one of the writers back when so much money but the other writers come on board and I want money as well mm. so it got real messy started getting really long and expensive in court and they thought we'll just settle outside of court but it kind of sounds like it's only half settled, not really settled. I'm yeah. not sure how that works because you gave them money for your services, but you haven't. So Yeah, anyway. a bit like How I Met Your Mother episode. They've got a way of tying this on for another seven seasons at <laughs> yeah, least. Right. So uh, good luck to that. So Dragon Ball C episode. It's like he keeps charging <laughs> Kamehameha Kamehame Ball. Shit. When instead are you going to release it? Instead of Kamehameha Ball, it's a big ball of money. <laughs> it just gets bigger. <laughs> right, yeah. and, bigger. and just throw it at him and give it to him. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's right. Or it's going to get bigger and worse for you. Or it's going to go straight to like, the lawyers. Yeah, shoot it to that. Uh, Alice Cooper, Danny, he is in Jesus Christ Superstar. NBC will be putting this uh, thing together. Uh, live concert on Easter Sunday. If you want to be in April the 1st, Danny, I mean, we couldn't make it to the download, but maybe seeing one of the princesses of darkness uh, with, with the girl's name, no less. Um, oh, come at me. <laughs> uh, excited for this? You excited to see or hear Alice Cooper singing in a very Christian y environment? Is yeah, it? but to be fair, like Alice Cooper was around in Jesus' day, so yeah, it's only true. fair you actually get him, <laughs> <laughs> get him to play a part in the um the, the uh, play based on Jesus. Yeah, so, and yeah. most like Jesus Christ, I'm sure he surrounded himself with not only talented people that made him look better, but also very attractive <laughs> women. You know what I mean? Come on, I'm sure Jesus would have done some cool things, but his mates would have been there to make the story even bigger, and that's what the Bible was. It yes. was like the lads getting together and blowing stories out of proportion, you know? Yeah, like the whole thing about, you know, you turn water into wine. So that's not his fault. He just like put like drugs in the water, so people yeah. got like drunk off the water. And Alice Cooper is here to tell us the true story through dance or song, at least I'd imagine. Uh, it'd be some fireworks, you could imagine. Oh, know. indoors, if, surely. Yeah, why not? Uh, Kiss frontman Paul Stanley, the ends of the road trademark application. Uh, this is in regards to the fi- not a final gig, but there's going to be a string of performances that does sound like it might be their final one. But he just said, I wanted to make sure that. When we used it, there would be a time that we do, I'd imagine. I want to make sure that it was ours. But there's no actual official farewell tour. Um, much like the dog from all those Disney movies, it's time to put this bad boy down. <laughs> but unfortunately, I feel like these guys are just going to like honestly creep across the line and nostalgia is going to sell those tickets. I didn't get it. I mean, they've already had probably about five final tours I remember in like the 1990s like our mum was a massive Kiss fan she went to oh this is the final tour and they had a thing at LA over whatever and literally like the next year the year after that like, oh we're having another final tour and it was like every from then every year they used to come down it was ridiculous but this thing is another trademark they want to do so they want to trademark that title as a farewell title of a tour like who cares why do you have to trademark a tour title I'm surprised that hanging around someone long enough you actually catch their symptoms and this guy's caught a whole <laughs> yeah, lot of gene right, right now yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, this is a very gene thing to do to trademark something that you may never ever use, but God help if someone does use it and would be creative and want to make an impact in the world, at least you get royalties off of it, right? Yeah. Do, do you feel like Gene's just like staring at Paul, like mouthing the words? So Paul looks at him, I am yeah. going to trademark. So was that Gene? Yeah. Oh, yes, trademark this. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that like Gene's him. so sick of like being the bad guy, so he's managed yeah. to get he's en- he's enrolled the rest of the band to at least take a hit now and then. So then the evilness of the band can kind of cross all across the board. A little bit the Gaza Strip, I'd imagine at the moment, Danny, where it's kind of like been spread over the whole entire place. But do these guys realize you don't have to trademark everything? Like, yeah, come you know, go. Just who cares? Yeah. Like, oh, they've used the same like end of the tour name as we have. Well, you know what you do? You just end your band now <laughs> and you use the name. You don't have to like hope in the future no one steals it. Just well, use your name. Maybe some of those uh, created brand sales you haven't been using for albums and maybe just bring it to, like, call it something else. There's, I'm sure there's even a better and bigger title that you can call it's it. It's time to kiss the span goodbye. Oh, yes. man, these dad jokes that yes. are you pregnant or something. These are Sunday night as well, people. Okay, well, what about, um, what about people listening to the podcast? I'm assured right now that we have a lot of American listeners because a legendary band, Judas Priest, scored highest charting album ever with firepower i would like to say you're welcome to all those people out there that went out and bought the album after our pretty much praising this thing right? uh if anything if you want a masterclass, a lot of vocalists out there listening to how it's done right yeah and that's like us bold brothers like we're looking after another bold guy yeah that's why if slayer unfortunately slayer breaking out so we can't plug the slayer album anymore as uh, we'll give like character King full props, but also scared of Kerry King, so I always give him full props. Yeah, don't want to like. I mean, like for everything he does, good. Like write a killer riff, he does guitar solos. So <laughs> you know, there, there has to be that to him, that backwards and forwards motion. Yeah, but good about Judas Priest. So like, it's good to see. Look, to be fair, a lot of these days people aren't really buying albums, but a lot of metal heads are still buying albums. So it's kind of like by the default, metal bands going to be pushing their way up these charts a bit more. But mm. there's other ways of mark judging this, like they calculate how many times you've been streamed they kind of add it to the total somehow I don't know yeah it, there's thing. a whole lot of jargon to it but let's just say Judas Priest have a win they're actually selling CDs when we thought CDs were going to go in 16th yeah. so with that congratulations or albums in general yeah, let's just say that. even a band's been around for so long still selling and selling higher it's very impressive yeah. so good work good work what wasn't good work apparently was the Dio hologram and it needs to be updated the uh, what looks must have been the Xbox 360 graphics um, from Wendy Dio I said that we have to take it to the hologram tour out to Europe and see if there's a market to it because this is all very new. New technology, of course, and uh, she's not quite happy with the eyes and eyebrows. They're not quite right. And I think when you're thinking about dead relatives that you want to like embezzle and make money out of, making sure their eyes and eyebrows are really important, especially to those guys standing at least in the 17th row backwards. That's that's the first thing ever to sing out. I don't care how well you sound. I want to see what eyeshadow you're wearing, mascara you're wearing. How like you look, because that's that's the most important thing. Is like how your eyes and eye look. Look, he's not even there. He's not there. It's not him. You know, and that's the thing is, is that people are saying to her. They said that she said like people run up to her after a concert, crying, say thank you for bringing us Dio. It's like, what do you bring the casket with you? (laughs) And just gotta flop it open and see that skeleton in there. Kind of, there's Dio right now because that's not your right. It's not Dio. It is like a sensory deprivation think tank that you've thrown yourself in there. Like Homer Simpson. Yeah, that's right, Amy Carson. We're going back to The Simpsons. You know, he puts himself in that that tub and those images come up. It's exactly the same. It's not real. It's just, you know, yeah. you'll think it's real because it sounds like him, kind of looks like him, but a swollen and ugly, you know, Unreal Tournament 2 engine, whatever. But it's not him. This could be like actually really clever. Whoever like designed the um, DO hologram or the program is... 
Wendy D might be have to be careful. This could be like some like downloadable content shit. Oh. Like you've unlocked Dio Phase One. For you to get the eyebrows, <laughs> you must have accomplished a hundred like stage shows. All right, like, like eyebrows or something yeah. where you have to like play a package to see his That's nipples right. and his left testicle. <laughs> for you to get Dio's alternative costume, you have to now do twenty shows in Europe. Um, could you imagine they're like? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking people download him like Futurama, say, and then like put him into a robot, so they download his likeness and have him sing it like yeah. his kid's bar mitzvah or something. And it's like, hey, we got Johnny James D here, kid. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and there's a way of destruction that's easy on the eyes. <laughs> it's like, I'll do anything for you, Billy Overteen. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Hey, that's great. How old are you? Terrific. <laughs> I got a song for you. So, Danny, I'm thinking um, if I could somehow was clever enough dude you might have a holy diver sung at your next birthday party and it will be Dio apparently with better <laughs> eyebrows I mean is there anything a boy's ever wanted more than Dio with the right eyeliner I can't think of anything Cindy Crawford's a distant second <laughs> <laughs> you, you download her any, any other night anyway so it's not that important yeah, um, Ozzy Osbourne talking originally about hiring Zach while thought he was another Randy Road clone story is he got like a whole bag of stuff put out his cassette tape first heard it thought it was amazing saw him thought like oh my god you know it's Ronnie James Dio <laughs> <laughs> better eyebrows though. <laughs> better eyebrows um, the classic I mean he did kind of look like he's got long blonde hair at the time he was shaven so he did yeah, look quite he pretty he wasn't stocky he wasn't stocky he was thin and um, he could shred. So I guess, and, and Ozzy Osbourne probably being addicted to at least snorting ants or some sort of weed killer at the time, his yeah. brain must have thought that it looked close enough, then it worked. <laughs> there was a Randy Rose hologram. <laughs> <laughs> Randy? <laughs> <laughs> we should take this on tour. <laughs> Did you even die in a plane crash? <laughs> yeah, oh, we, man, yeah, we got to hell, man. <laughs> actually just like freaked him out, got like a polka dot guitar or something, just to like, freak him out. Yeah, I'd imagine so. He just like really screwed with his head um, but yeah I mean like what a replacement I mean like, after you pick that as your first draw what's the really point of going on with life I mean you've just got the lottery right there haven't you well you, you can still live mate <laughs> <laughs> oh we found a random replacement I can die in peace now hey Danny I uh, saw an article headline that I didn't actually read the rest of the article <laughs> because the, the headline was so awesome that I couldn't do it anymore and the article is um, Kitty Mercedes Lander uh, the drummer from Kitty says our songs evolve I've never played the same way twice yeah. now is it because like you just forget this way the first way it was done or, or what does that mean or you evolve so much as a person that you become better at time and you play the song better what does it mean yeah she didn't really elaborate on it like the whole interview is like just the whole thing like feminist issues and blah 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 whatever but come to, <laughs> come to this point well to be fair they sold that article based on this fact so i didn't care about the rest of the article yeah. i just cared about this fact so yeah, this, it was quite a point in your fact so thought, what do you mean like yeah, what are you she going said to? that's why every time she plays a song it, 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 she plays it differently because it's just like i said it's an evolving thing we evolve as people and I evolved my sound for that song. I thought that's yeah. just honestly. Weird. You play so many mistakes in a row and do it yeah. in time. You make jazz. So I guess like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. you're a forward-thinking musician. I guess. Yeah, but how many? That's that's complete balls. Well, I mean, you should probably play those songs probably thousands of times. You can play. You're that good to play it one same song thousand different times. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's the point we're doing. I think with the drummer though, I've every drummer I've played with, they cannot just play what they wrote on the album. They have to do something like put a snare hit there or some thing. And before you know it, they're playing a different song. You know, it's it's a drummer thing. Then when do you hear all those things about handicaps and stuff? Like, how do you know like a drummer's parked in a uh, handicap zone? Like you see the sticks on the thing. As poorly as the joke was told, it comes with some uh, lineage. 
a bit of truth reckon. Yeah. Needs more cowbell. Yeah. Anyone saying that, however, um, we'll have to move on to another uh, lady of the medal, Candace Knight. I would never try to fit into Ian Gilligan's Deep Purple's lead singer uh, shoes. I think she's right. She looks like a more seven. He looks like a size nine. It'd be pretty hard for her to fit into it. She'd be stumbling around the place and everywhere. Yeah, terrible. You know, get her a drum kit. She might be able to fit in Kitty, I guess. Um, <laughs> Danny, what do you think? Do you think that anyone even tried to say that she was an Ian Gillen? She's doing the wrong thing? I mean, uh, I think it's more so because when Richie left Rainbow and Deep Purple found formed Blackmore's Night. Yeah. I guess... Oh, well, he found a really hot chick. Yeah, she was. And, and decided to uh, do Blackmore's yeah, Night. Yeah, because she, um, she backed... If you read the article, she backed up saying for one of the Purple's like, later tours and yep. I guess that's how they met and then he formed the band with her and I guess people just thought, well, you know, uh, Richie's played with great singers like Gillen and Dio so we expect her to be of that caliber. So I guess that's probably where they were coming from and mm. look, to be fair, she's, she's... I haven't really heard much Blackmore's Night. Her one song got bored so for Mary, she's probably very adequate. Like Richie mm. doesn't play with poor musicians, but yeah, it's it's just different styles, like folk rock. Yeah, like I mean, when when uh, Blackmore um, joined the band with Candace, no, I'm sure that his penis was like, "Hey, we'll do whatever you want, sweetheart. I'll, uh, I'll be an R&B band for you." I'd imagine the, the best thing about because uh, our dad bought one of these Blackmore Night albums because he probably got excited Richie's back, then he got bored because he's like, oh, is that what he, is that how he's back? Yeah. But you read like the... Um, I, I tell you what's heavier than the last Rainbow album he did. Hey, so. that's <laughs> but if you read the uh, like instruments used, they've got electric bagpipes. I've never seen this before, but they had electric bagpipes on that album. That's that's going to be a first. I guess so. Um, let's turn to Avaz Vikanez. Uh, we're talking about the Burzum guy, original dude, before I think he... Didn't he use one that stabbed a homosexual guy a bunch yeah. of times? No, it was the other guy. It was, it was a bass player or something. I no. can't remember. Yeah, he killed that. Didn't he kill Euronymous? No. Was that I think he killed Euronymous. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, look, we'll talk about that later. Um, he says he turned down $425,000 for two live Burzum shows, right? That's that's almost like a quarter of what Metallica get played for singing in someone's toilet. So that's pretty impressive. That's that pretty good impressive. money. Yeah. But uh, what did he say to it? Well, you know, some say money. Okay, well, I can tell you something. I've been offered... I think it was $300,000 in his currency to play two concerts in London. And I said, no, 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 thanks. I would rather stay home here and change the oil in my car or collect some rotten wood from the forest or spread my ruined former agricultural land. Doesn't want to do a Burzum show this week. Doesn't want to, mate. Doesn't want it. Yeah, apparently he said... um, One thing he doesn't like playing live, he thinks music should be a private thing, which again is weird because... Uh, if you go back to the whole black metal people, that's what they believe. They 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 make only about ten releases, and that's it. It's all secretive yeah. bullshit. Yeah. So at least he's staying true to the black metal mantra. But he said he'd rather be in prison yeah. than do like live shows or something. And he goes, oh, "I've been to prison. But I'd rather be in prison." <laughs> what the hell? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just the thought of him actually picking up a guitar and practicing with a bunch of other people in the same room as him must give him some heebie-jeebies. Maybe that will put him back in prison, Danny. Yeah, that, that's probably how the first conflict started, eh? Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe they like he should have taken warning of like I don't want to be in a band. Seriously, guys, I don't want to be in a band. Yeah, seriously, I'm in jail. <laughs> She's like, my knife. In a band. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> it's like Goodfellas when um, Joe Pesci gets goes kill Billy Bats. He goes, you keep him here. You keep him here. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, talk quickly about a uh, study before we get to our last story of the night. And the study is about Bring Me Horizon fans, and apparently they're the least conscientious and the most neurotic people. Um, Metal Sucks got this uh, article from a recent study in Stanford University and Cambridge University, a psychometric center, apparently. Apparently, they got collected some data through computers and footprints and reached uh, from personalities 
and behavior traits from um, just about from a hundred question uh, Facebook app thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, who would have thought that uh, people that look like the part, sound like the part, and listen to the part would play that part exactly, Danny? Yeah, funny. Normally that's happened. Like, normally metal like people think oh, you're aggressive and angry is like complete opposite. Yeah, but people who like like emo music are very emo based people so <laughs> there you go so that's pretty good at least they stay true to who they are well yeah. they won't care because as long as Bring Me the Horizon has a market right some yeah, people have failed to find it and uh, end up playing you know in front of their friends and family every week uh, by the way my band is playing in front of my friend and family uh, yeah. in a couple of weeks um, and bar stuff but uh, I guess I mean 100 questions is all you need to realise someone's a complete jaded arsehole just ask them bands I guess now that's all you need to do yeah but this is the whole like Data ceiling stuff. Yeah. So it's not like it, maybe it's just a bit of coincidence and stuff. Apparently, not which fans are like the most intelligent or something. Or no, they're more fans are the most attractive. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know if many fans are like the Australian cricket team. They steal all their stuff. <laughs> Cheat, cheaters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's interesting. There's this whole staying report. If you want to read more into it, they do like other genres of music. Apparently, Cheryl Crow fans. I think are. They're less open-minded or something, or most hard-headed. Yeah, more, more than likely to blame the patriarchy. And ah, something like that. <laughs> um, look, let's finish with the last story, because this was an important story. Massive. And Massive. Um, it's basically the return of decapitated to their shores of their native homeland and uh, getting onto Facebook and talking about the last 96 days. Uh, they spent 96 days in jail and uh, almost a month outside of jail were dealing with fear and unbelievable stress, they call it, depression, and even violence. It must have been a very hard time for the band. Um, a lot of publications went out and some some defended them, like Behemoth, uh, for example. Yeah, but some were on the attack. There were some major publications that were like, yeah, these guys are rapists. And without any forethought of... Um, you know, justice of innocence and stuff like that. It was preconceived that these band, this band must have done it because the girl came out and said it. Um, these guys were acquitted of all charges. You know, they wanted to go to court. They spent so much money and time into it. They wanted to clear their name and it didn't. Uh, unfortunate for them, I guess, in that sense. But, you know, they, they have, again, stressed how much um, this focus is of protecting the innocent and, uh, and, and clearing their names. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Like for starters, when this first came out, straight away these so-called metal journalists—we've—we've we've attacked. We dealt before. with them before. We're talking yeah. about the take and stuff like that. They were quick to say, "Oh, they must be guilty," because yeah, they—they're guilty. And and again, no due process. No, even when the the waters were still murky, they're quick to judge and quick to attack because it's just lazy journalism. And like the the Jim, the capitalist said, goes when that when the iron first hits is when it's the most hot. So. A lot of attention, a lot of focus, and that's then you forget about because it, it goes away. And now they're found to be innocent. By that stage, the damage is done, the attention goes away, and most of these uh, metal journalists, like they, they will spend a good week, two weeks straight every day just attacking, attacking, attacking. But when, but when they found out that it's actually you know they, they're innocent, they might do one article and that's it. Yeah. And, well, it's like no, if you spend. A month or two weeks, whatever, how long it is attacking someone. You should spend double the amount of time yeah. proving they're innocent because and, that's And you how found that with the metal sucks as well. You saw the comments thread and the people were quite animated and passionate about metal sucks really telling the story like it should have been told the first time and even demanding an apology from them. I don't know if whether they were one of the worst ones. I think it was Team Rock or another label like maybe some Guardian or something like that were like on the aggressive from the get-go. So, um, but it would have been nice to see the metal community at least not make a judgment or um, 
press a call and uh, yeah. and the metal fans are quite passionate and they're quite... I think I think the fans are far more intelligent than the media at the moment and they really get what's going on. Well, the fans stuck by them. The record label stuck by them, which yeah. is also very important. The um, Polish government looked um, stepped in and they made sure they, were, they visited them in jail to make sure they've been looked after and stuff. So everybody did right by them, apart from, unfortunately, this lady who pressed false charges and the metal journalists, again, letting the metal community down. Just simple as that really that's right so with that you know welcome back to captated uh we did review their album as mediocre as it was uh we really are happy these guys are back because they've written some great albums that we've definitely loved so let's hope that they get back on their feet really quickly and smash it out because uh it'll be much more happier for all of us because they do they are very talented and uh it'd be a real shame that these guys got stuck in it because of uh you know some really bad um coincidences i guess I'm glad this story now could be pretty much cut off at its head, you know. Yeah, that's great. Uh, being decapitated. Yeah. And, and much like Dean was jokes, we're going to just move on quickly and ignore it. So let's move on to our podcast question this week. Danny, we, we asked a really simple question to the fans this week, but simple never really means easy. And much like I was in high school, uh, I was available as well. However, we had to ask them... What is the heaviest song they've ever heard? And for that can be many reasons. What do you define as heavy? Danny, what is the heaviest thing? Is it something that you put in your pants? Or is it just something that you put in your ears? Well, this is this is true. And some people get like really smart actually and overanalyze a simple question. So what does heavy mean? Well, Dimmu Borgia, they came out with like it was a, a solid metal book jacket yeah. and made that album the most heaviest album. So is that is that heavy? That heavy? Exactly. That heavy? Or is it, it is. It is heavy. <laughs> or it's like a really long song, like a 30 minute long song. If you turn that into kilobytes and those kilobytes equal one kilogram, that makes it more heavy than the rest of it. So so where do you where do you go? That is the question. Where do you go? Well, <laughs> we asked the fans and we got a lot of different answers and we thought we would because for everybody, oh, yeah. heaviness is subjective. It's just down to the different person, different bunch of uh, circumstances. You know, if they grew up listening to... Uh, Cannibal Corpse all of the time like what well, would be heavy for them but yeah. someone listening to um, Nickelback would, would yeah. go like oh, what's a metal band sound like and like go oh that's what a metal band sounds like yeah and, like, we're going to do like the easy thing just go to YouTube and say our top 10 heaviest songs of all time but I didn't want to have like a whole top 10 Metallica list because that's pretty much how YouTube works but what, what we've actually done we've got like Cambridge Analytical on your, like everybody's arts out here so we're just stealing everybody's data and uh, accumulating heavy songs for our own like that's libraries right. consider us Facebook even yeah. though we use it, we are Facebook. So let's go on to our first answer. So with the question, what is the most heaviest song oh. that you have heard? Oh, so yeah, that's the best trick. You said we have Facebook. You know, I can see your, your Mark's like, it's like, oh, hi, Mark, <laughs> from the room. Oh. You get it? That oh, was You're awesome. You're tearing me apart there, Danny. <laughs> um, Clayton Carson, so the question is, or oh, so the answer to the question, the question being, what is the most heaviest song you've ever heard? Uh, Clayton Carson said, don't know about the heaviest song quotations, but uh, ill disposed, throw your bolts Gets his juices pumping for me. Orange juice, Danny? I don't think so. Throw your bolts. That is metal related, so mm. that could be heavy. Depends how big those bolts are, so there's something there maybe. But there you go. Heaviest for him might be the thing that makes him move his heavy bits. And if you get the juices flowing, his balls must be getting wider as we speak. And he unloads all of that goodness through the speakers. <laughs> Better not, be be not be my speakers. <laughs> Jacob Venick's heaviest means something different to everybody. That's yes. right. Uh, that's why we asked you the question. Um, so this should be interesting. He even agrees with us. Thank you, J- Jacob. Apparently, Thanks. you're a super metal brother without us even knowing. Since <laughs> uh, our own podcast now. Don't for do me, it. for Jacob, heavy that excites me the most would be necrophagist to break Probably. in a car set. Yeah. 
that's the thing. They're definitely heavy. Like, it's technical. It's mind-blowing. It's heavy on the, the thought pattern. You just hear it and you're like, wow, like, I'm depressed, man. Like, mm. these guys is that, you know, play that fast and that good, but probably don't earn Metallica money. That's depressing. That's, that's yeah, that's heavy, like, to the soul. But unfortunately, wasn't the Necrophagia, I think the singer or the guitarist passed on, like, last week or a week ago. Oh, really? So, that's even, so, unfortunately, that album, which we're waiting for, yeah. is going to come now. Well, that's actually really heavy as well, isn't it? Heavy on the heart, Danny. Yeah, now I'm sad. Oh, Who else can pick us up from our depression? What about Dote Smoker from Time uh, Tyson Brathwaite? Um, maybe. I never heard uh, the song. I don't know. Yeah, so we, we probably should like YouTube these things, but yeah. I haven't. But let's say yes. Okay, good. Good choice. It's all subjective, right? Even, yeah. even if we haven't heard it. So maybe someone out there will be like, Super Metal Brothers, you're not very good. You should listen to it. And we'll be like, okay, thanks, Super Metal Brother Dan. Thanks, Brayden. Uh, <laughs> Brett Poulat. Oh, Poulat. I think it's Brett Poulat. Uh, After All the Dead. From Black Sabbath, Danny. Heavy? After all. Yeah, it's heaviest. I think, I guess, yeah, I thought Sabbath plays Sabbath will be heavier or, again, it depends. It's what you think is the heaviest song. That That is slow. It's actually a Dio song as well. It's not even a, um, uh, Aussie, Aussie song. song. So, yeah. I'll generally find with Dio songs that they're much more uplifting, um, emotional, uh, yeah. poignant maybe. Yeah. Well, they're not like, as doomy, generally. Nah, but, but he feels that's the heaviest. He feels I would the consider the Doom metal more heavier than Dio style metal. However, Dio style metal is far better than Doom metal for me. Yes, but like, it, it is it is still like a slow slower Dio song and it's heavier. So it, that's that's fine. Okay, no wrong answers here. Nah, no, but there are some better right answers. Sure, why not? <laughs> Don't Amy, upset people. <laughs> Amy Carson, almost again from Strapping Young Lad. Oh, look, I think Strapping Young Lad are a heavy band. Yeah. Uh, heavy as a heavy gets. They had one album which was incredibly heavy. Uh, Aliens, the album I'm talking about, and uh, pretty much anything from that's got some heavy tunes. Heavy band. Cool, man. And it was very nice. angry at the time. Angry. Stevie, angry you loser. Let's talk about Chasing North. Last year, Neurosis Live at the Croxton in Melbourne when they played the track The Doorway. Everyone at Melbourne shut there themselves. It was so freaking heavy and it was just the guitar intro. Everyone that was there will confirm this. Pooing your pants live. The brown note, you reckon? Mm. Yeah, I saw that South Park episode once. Adrian Milani actually had a South Park. Yeah, he got the South Park one with the guy playing really? the flute. So he mm. must agree that. Uh, he must have been there. Yeah, there's yeah. no other reason for it. Hey. Well, I know Brown, I guess it's uh, that's different heavy. That's having your pants heavy. Yeah. So that's, um, it's heavy. Oh, we've done head heavy, heart heavy. Now we've done pants heavy. I pants think we're getting through the whole entire bodily functions, you know. We've even had um, Clayton Carson empty his balls all over it. Well, so, you can't say that, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I think I did that. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Um, Daniel Cedarblad, Sad But True sticks in my head before I got into metal and overdose on drop tuning. It was a drop tuning song, drop D, I think I'm not mistaken. It doesn't really matter. It's Metallica. Um it's a heavy song for Metallica and getting into it would be like if you're listening to drum and bass or like techno or maybe even like the Discovery Channel with all those like tampon commercials that would be considered pretty heavy um, on board next to it yeah it's true but I sound like Metallica answers like can we like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah that might be true to you Dan but just please yeah. say it it feels yeah. like every time someone talks about it and we are the biggest hypocrites out of all this and anyone it's like they get another dollar for an album they released <laughs> 20 years ago. I'm like, yeah. do we have to do this? Like, Sure, it's another heavy But we band. have to talk about it. If they were going to put it on our page, we have to acknowledge it. But every time we die a little inside, it's like, can you just throw out and maybe just go a band, like, I don't know, like Soilwork even or Lowell yeah. and Matt and just even go. Sugar had a heavy Sugar or just they're, they're anything. But anyway, look, anyway, we love you, Dan. Yeah. Sorry for being offended to you. 
Adam Desera. 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 Adam. Yep. When I was 14, I had the heaviest thing I heard chugga chugga was the archaic strain carbon. Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Ryan Lee, first thing that comes to mind was Badlands by Inner Hearts Wake. Have heard heavier, but I can't stand shit that ends up as one basic thing, TMS. Interesting. So he might acknowledge that this thing's heavier, but heavier that he likes. And there's a line there. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Again, it's what you find heavy. Yeah. yeah and mean, that's the thing. Like, who yeah, knows? Who you knows? know, like you said, if Dimmy Borgie literally having that massive coaster drop on your nuts being heavy, well, you'd notice that has been the heaviest album. Yeah, it's kind of like beers. Like, oh, I don't like that beer. I like this beer. But to me, it's sort of the same. But no, no, this beer is like a bit heavier, a bit dark, a bit alien, a bit hopsier. But to me, it's like, no, are you sure it's yeah. all the same? But anyway. Uh, Richard Dunn, Dimmy Borgia, Blessing Upon the Throne of Tyranny yeah, from amazing. the Pure Out yeah. album. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was recommended by you, Super Metal Brother Matt, a long time ago. Still heavy as, or AF, so it could be as friends. So that was really <laughs> nice. Thank you, Rich. I still dream of you every night in my dreams and do a Clayton Carson in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a heavy song. Yeah, Jimmy Borgie. That's probably the heaviest Jimmy Borgie's ever gotten. I think it went full death metal with that album. I think to some degree, and that was because in the conclusion of Golda really put that band in a place where it was like, well, we are our black metal band, but now we got uh, a guy who can write really good songs. Um, sorry about Jimmy Borgie fans before. That, but, <laughs> yeah, hey. the new Eurovision song. However, yeah. now yeah, now they're getting a little too Eurovisiony for me. Very much like a Lord of the Rings album, but with the black metal blast beats at times, which. It doesn't make it that much heavier. <laughs> Surprisingly, well, this must be quite heavy for like Richard to remember that from like what fifteen years ago. He must have really um yeah left an impact. What about another Metallica? Uh, uh, not, yeah, the thing that should not be. I don't think that's as heavy as um, the other one that Daniel just said. Yeah. yeah, sad but true. But that again, is sad but true. It's not as heavy. Oh no, that's good. We'll play Daniel. High five. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, Metallica. Let's move on to our next person. Jo- Josh Rigby in Trails Eradicated by. Villa Losity. Yeah, that sounds like a heavy track. Sounds it, yeah. Yeah. In Trails Eradicate, you can just imagine that's going to have like grindy mess of like a compressed drum beat that had a blast beat once, but then it was distorted so much that it became a monster that ate the guitar lines and they became a scrambled mess, which then shredded the vocal lines and then you have an orgy of death. Wow. That's too much for me, man. It's too heavy for me. Nah, I want to know what's heavy for you though. Yeah. So we're going to move on to Super Metal Brother Dan. Danny... Finish it off. What is the heaviest song you've ever heard and why? There's a couple of heavy songs. I mean, why like Slave Shower Surf and Behave is heaviest? I agree. Yeah. Uh, McCann- why? Why is that the heavy song? It's just because like the intensity of parts, which makes it heavy. I mean, that's my heaviest and Even Conquer All from Behemoth. Again, it's just the intensity and yeah. like just the... um. It's not... F- I guess to be heavy, you can't be fast because yeah. heavy means yes. that if, if it's being fast, you, you're losing that intensity. It makes it just more like energy. Yeah. But to be heavy, you really have to hit you like every hit crush drum. Yeah. So that's why Concord is good with that. Dan, 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 dan. So that's good. Uh, I reckon the heaviest song I heard was a band we reviewed last year before. It was a Berry Griff. Yeah. And I was back track four. It's called Adam 4, which is the fifth track of the album. And for me, that's like the heaviest song I've heard. And it's just like, um, yeah. That's that's awesome to me. Well, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I can't rule evil being heavy, which negates a lot of the songs I really wanted to put in here. Because for me, Behemoth, black metal, death metal, some of that for me isn't heavy that I can acknowledge it to be. I do 
draw my line with heavy as being like you said, it has to be at a slower mix and it has to be of a certain um, tempo and, and, and tuning and stuff like that. Heavy, however, I think the mix is that he- people want to lump heavy metal as obviously it is the best genre in the world. Don't even, no argument, it is. Woo! But the most heaviest song doesn't make it the best of all heavy metal songs for me, however. All right. Do you know what I'm getting with this? I have to separate the name heavy with heavy metal, and I shouldn't, but I am. That's what I do. Just give us your song, Max. They're confusing me. (laughs) Okay. So for me, heavy song would be, I think the Colossus album from Sugar is heavy for me. Okay. So the first track particularly is a very heavy track because it's just low and it's sludgy and it feels like you're getting crushed by a weight of a thousand mortal men. Sure. Or immortal men, even more impressive, you know? Sure. We did talk about Alice Cooper before. Um, but I, I think that heavy for me is more about that being crushed sound, you know, but being an evil track, being sinister, being, um, satanic and all those things, it's in the heavy metal realm, but it isn't heavy for me in the sense of that, that I was asking this question. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Hey, it doesn't yeah. matter. We're all right. And we're all wrong as we are all right. Except for me. <laughs> I was wrong. a little bit more right. <laughs> 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 no, I, was, I mean, again, it's very Whatever. subjective because, like I say, you've, you've interpreted heavy as that. Yeah. I've interpreted heavy as evil. Some might mean heavy hearted. So it's hard. But look, in the end, it's what you enjoy. If you, yep. if you enjoy that song, if, it has, if it's left an impression on you, yes. obviously it's meant something to you and obviously it's resonates somehow with you. So keep hitting those brutal songs at least those brutal yeah. songs because keep going with it, man. And if you don't like our questions, just jump onto our Facebook and ask us one to do and we'll totally steal it and yeah. make it as our own because, hey, we're Super Metal Brothers. Exactly, that's, that's the super part of it. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Super, our super thing is plagiarism. That's our super metal power. Just like Iron Maiden. Look <laughs> <laughs> which made they made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with that, we're going to move on to our final presentation, which is the uh, album review this week. The band's Wilhaven, right? Yeah, the- I, I thought when I heard Wilhaven, I thought it was going to be like a Van Halen cover band. <laughs> Well, Boy, would have you been disappointed <laughs> when like, you had that first track? <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt like it was like, hey, oh, we did like a power metal band. That's awesome. This isn't a power metal band. In fact, uh, this album, Murate, in 2018, I think it was only released about a week ago, and they live streamed the whole album, but then I think they took it down because they realized that live streaming is a really bad idea to make money out of. You should make no money. <laughs> no money for you. No <laughs> money for you. It's like Oprah, but the worst kind. You don't get any free shit. Um,. And the first thing I found out about this band is from the Wikipedia website is that Wilhaven is a noise metal band from Sacramento, California. I can't believe I've gone this long or this short amount of time without having to actually bitch about something in the podcast when we're doing an album review. What the hell is noise metal, Danny? Oh, like, isn't all that metal noise? (laughs) (laughs) That's the douchebag that came out of me. I was like, one of our people I just tell you, isn't all things noise? I'm like, oh, fucking shut up. You've you've, you've caved into those critics. (laughs) can, we, can metalheads now can no longer do subgenres <laughs> and gotten so lazy? Yeah, it's just noise to me now. Like, have we become our parents? Because our parents are like, what do you listen to that noise for? I'm like, how can we do this? How can we give up and not invent a freaking subcategory of a subcategory? It's not going to be hard. Could it be we've cr- we've used up all the subcategories? <laughs> <laughs> there are no subcategories left. Oh, look, I mean, come on, man. It's like post sludge core or something. Yeah, that's or, good enough. Yeah. You know, groove metal that's is very ang- angsty groove or something just make it up when i saw noise metal i'm like no that's not a, that's not gonna cut it i'm not gonna buy it and if the fans want to go by this band as that 
then like they're not true fans. They're just they, they've put this band in that most douchiest place and giving it a name that they just transcend every genre and they just make noise. I'm like that's not a good thing. It's not a good if thing. If you can't attach an emotional response to it, then what the hell is it? Like you're saying that if I drop on this bookcase on Daniel and then I hear it record <laughs> the screams and the broken CDs, that's it. That's a metal album. Like. Is, say I'm wrong, Denny. Like, say that that's, noise metal is not... A, it's a terrible thing and we shouldn't call a band noise that's, metal. That's bookcase metal. That, yeah, oh. You can actually give a name to that. Noise metal is... What is noise yeah, metal? They can't describe if it's a bookcase or a car falling <laughs> on someone, but like, a person's dead right now. Just <laughs> let's acknowledge that we are here talking about a band being noise metal and I can't get over this fact, but I need to because we have to talk about the album. Well, you mean, just ignore that part of it, Matthew. That helps you out. <laughs> ignore the fact they're called noise. We're going to have to, or else I'm going to have an aneurysm. Well, and you, make, and just, the rest of this podcast is going to be down by the hospital across but, the street from me. But it's not noise. It, they're literally playing real instruments and they have real riffs. Yeah. Where's the noise? It's not like you guys are just banging saucepans together and opening and closing doors to make noise. Like, no, no, you literally actually have There's a songs. songs in it. Yeah. I mean, they try their best to do certain things and take away from it. And I'm, well, let's just talk about it because I think with this album, if they're going to just jumble across some things together in that way, that is more poetic than I'm giving it credit for. But that's the thing. This band here, once you listen to the first track or any track of this album, you get a sincere impression of what this band will do for you and you're going to love it or you're going to hate it and i think that's the whole point this comes across as a very dillinger escape plan where they were so sick of the nature of the industry and maybe music at the time that they wrote songs that they knew people were going to hate and ironically people paid a lot of money to hear these songs live um is this band coming from the same thing danny are they clever and more clever than that though do you think these songs are in fact, designed to be this way for a reason, or they just like that sounds cool. Let's do that. Oh no, nah, because the whole album has that same tone about it. So obviously, they're trying to go through a, a tone or create a, some sort of mode of response to the people. I mean, they're different to Dillinger because these songs aren't sporadic and all over the place. They, they do get genty and stuff. They get, get a bit yeah, there weird is some and of stuff. That kind of groove, kind yeah. of element. Like you know, they're not a band not to feel ashamed of stealing off bands like Meshuggah or something. Yeah, you, know? you hear those influences, but they're, they're not like Dillinger in the fact that you have literally no idea what's going on. But yeah. Well, I reckon the band at one point must have been that because I think they had a hiatus from 2002 and 2005. So, you know, they must have had enough of playing the songs but realized maybe these are what brought them together in this kind of noise. And um, so, what you say, they will together a haven, as it were. Oh, man. How many of these <laughs> more of these podcast jokes are we going to get tonight, Danny? <laughs> um, all right. So, let's talk about the album in, in a sense, you know. And I think we can really kind of cover all bases by just talking about what we think was cool and what we didn't. Because, I mean, if we go by every track, it really feels like we'll be beating a dead horse, much as like I think what track four was about, I think, Danny. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? So, <laughs> it does, unfortunately, it has a familiarity throughout the whole album it's gonna give you uh, look i think this is the person if you want maccas and like you really need it in your life and you eat it and your thing is like diarrhea and a quarter pound of cheeseburger and you really need these things in your life then this album's for you in that sense because i think it does what it does and that is create a very angsty impression from the vocals a very droney effect from the guitars drumming wise gives it enough kind of depth to make it a bit more interesting but then there's a splash of something else in it in every track to break it up from being too repetitive. But in essence, the formula is get a riff, play it to nauseam, get a really nasty growl underneath, like a screech underneath it and play some slow drums under, underneath that. But compressing all that noise together with some unique styles, you got some singing in it, you got some 
you know, uh, some electronic stuff, some ambient noises, synth, some breaks, some acoustics. So there is spices in there that are thrown in there, but it really feels anti... Anti-music is not what I would call it because I think you're right there. There is some sort of tonality in it, but it is definitely an interesting... Where are you going to take this to? Where, where do you want to take this conversation? Sucks. Like, again, like as much as what you said is true, there's like slight variances and differences in the songs. It really is the same kind of song throughout where it's just staccato riffing, high tension, high guitar playing to create the tension and just the guy yeah. just um, screaming pretty much on a like methodic type of beat yeah. it doesn't really do too much more with a just I think the, yeah. the the charm of this band is the intros and I think that's what you need from this band is that every intro I found was like damn it this is really freaking angry but just by the end of it it's um, kind of fizzled like every track starts really big and then it kind of goes nah well, yeah, that's off. And we're much like a conversation when you're really angry. It's like, rad, 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 by the end of you, like, bad, bad, trying to think of things to win over your spouse. But eventually, you just keep circling the drain, and then eventually, you're divorced. And, you know, we know where that leads. Well, if you keep screaming so in the whole marriage, <laughs> you're going to be divorced. We'll have a divorcing rates through the rise. But I want to, like, acknowledge things. Like, you know, you do get some cool drumming lines, like in Kenny, and you got some semblance of melody and tonality in the sun, for example. Um, atmospheric sirens and stuff with no escape. So there's a Meshuggery kind of start in Unit K. So there are things about this album that has some charm to it. But again, Danny, it's when I left the album, it was like, what was it I just heard? It was just, I don't want to call it noise because everything's noise, right? If we're going to do this, then like noise metal is, you know, it's, we're not doing that. But it, it does feel kind of sludgy and it just kind of feels as angry as someone can get with, a certain budget, I think. <laughs> yeah, and no, I agree. I would put it down to, it sounds like a, a local band you go see at your pub. Like, they might have a little bit of technique and ability, but it just feels like they're just trying to get out their weak struggles and noises by just yelling and playing as Well, the thing is, I can't, angry. I don't think anyone can think of another band that does it though. So by that, they've separated themselves from a lot of people. It's very risky what they're doing because I can't imagine this style would resonate with such a, an audience, you know, because... For me, it's like there's no real way of connecting to this thing emotionally at all. You know, if you're not really disgustingly angry and just want something putrid, uh, I really struggle to connect with anything off this album. Is it bad for that? Well, no, I guess not. You know, that's the way we're here. But for me, it's like hearing such great songs this, this year so far, like hearing guys like Judas Priest just knock things out of the park with uh, 72 or 90 minutes or whatever the thing they did. Uh, White and creating these kind of visceral and uh, dark, um, you know, oppressive tones over each other, but doing it in such a w- wicked way. And then hearing this, it's kind of like, well, it, it, it is different. It separates itself straight away, but uh, does just sounding different mean good? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's like, I guess, your, your heavy question, what is heavy? Is, is yeah. this, what is music? And again, this thing here is just, the only thing which was slightly different was track six because they had a melodic singing in it. And that was actually a good song. Yeah. Because the sing the, the melody underneath that was quite emotive, quite a bit of sorrow to it. And even how they transitioned in the song, I think they went one part to like a solo type part. How they wrote that song, it was actually well done. It was yeah. actually a good song. But apart from that, it was just so much similarities. And then track 11, was the first song was actually like a real like rock and riff. And it was like a two-bar riff and that was it. And the rest of it, it's just it's the same type of feel of just then slow method yeah um, slow get a riff, yeah uh, medium to slow tempo loop it have the drums hit some things 
and they get the and the vocals for me, like you said, the singing was actually pretty decent. I thought it actually was a nice kind of mix, you know. Yeah, but I think it was a guest vocal. That's why. That's probably what got mm. it to me. And I'm like, oh, they'll just get it because they wanted to work for what they were doing. And I think these guys having a return to maybe something a little bit more musical and saying we connect with an audience and the thing. And that's the thing. It's like having a song just resonate a little bit more with some. I don't know. I just. I, notes you know like i get these guys play yeah. tritones together and smash the most diminished chords and make it sound dark and ugly as hell but um it had nothing really to contrast against us apart from certain interludes and uh they're the welcome i just uh, found the album it just went on it just like i, I can't remember where the track started or finished i just kind of remember hearing a whole bunch of stuff and um, I'm kind of drawing myself into this hole of noise, which I'm trying to claw my way yeah, back yeah, out yeah. of, you know? But I think they did this well because I think, to be honest, the, the songs do kind of bleed into a bit. They didn't really know how to end songs properly. Yeah. So a lot of like, the last four or five tracks, they had like between like 30 seconds to a minute of just like fades out to like yeah. nothing. Like, what? And it's because cause literally the next song sounds exactly like the ending of the heavy part of the previous song. Maybe um, a deliberate choice ending. Yeah, maybe. Oh, look, there's, there's one clever thing they did like, there's a couple of clever things, but one which stood out to me was the last track. How the song transitioned to like a slow like drum beat, which turned into like a marching snare. And the last lines of the song were, let me just get it out here, was um, die like a hero going home. So I thought that's really clever. So they, they used like a march, like an army sergeant, a drum march. Yeah. And the last lines like a, a, a song who died at war. So I thought that was very clever what they did there. But I was like, I, I don't have to wait for the last five seconds of an album to think, oh, that's clever. You yeah. Know, I, want it, I want to be like, oh, that's Maybe good. these guys are so more brilliant than we take credit for and maybe underlying maybe. every song. And that's the thing. I did feel like listening to this album, the one impression it did give me, however, it was it kind of found like an apocalypse album. Like... The album where the end of the world is happening during it and there's just like a lot of panic in it and a lot of like, you know, anger and dissolution and stuff. Um, I guess for that, it maybe hit its mark and that's what I was trying to do. Um, yeah, just just leave me with leaving it. The album, I just can't remember really much anything for it, but listening to it, I'm like, wow, this was pretty intense. So I guess job done, well done if that's what you were trying to do. I can't think of another band doing it, so it separated itself. Yeah. Uh, love it or hate it? Well, I guess I can't really say I hate it, but I'm definitely closer to that because I don't think I could see myself picking this album up. Um, maybe seeing these guys live will change my mind, but um, yeah, it's just a very peculiar album to review. I found it very interesting to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, like, you, like if you're really angry and pissed off and you want to listen to a song to reflect that, yeah, pick one of these songs, but yeah. that's it. Because then you, that's, you only need one I've song. never really heard like a certain kind of anger told as an emotion. Um, like I guess that's what it kind of feels like to a degree. It does feel like someone yelling at you, and that's the kind of emotion you put across. But it didn't land with me in an emotional sense. It land. It was very physical. It was very visceral and violent. And that's the album feels like for me. But reflecting on it, I was like. I didn't enjoy that, like, because you know how you get really sad. See, when, when I get so really sad, so I'm, I'm like, man, this is bumming me out. This thing's awesome. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. But this is like angry. It's like, yeah, it's pretty angry. Like, and, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> That's a good point. So yeah. there was nothing. And I think, like you said, maybe underlying it, there was some real brilliance to it. But I just got lost because it was too much of that going on. And it's just, again, like you said, because they, they had those moments of brilliance thrown in the album. I think staying with that more, maybe there'll be a better chance. But again, this album wasn't written for me. So, hey, look, we'll just let bygones be bygones and move on with our lives. Yes, I think you're correct. And in the words of Will Haven, 
Unfortunately, there's no lyrics anywhere, so it's probably something angry and hateful. Um, yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> oh, you already read them. So with that, we're at the end of our show, guys. Thank you guys are listening and joining us this week. If you guys want to hear any more stuff from us, head over to our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash supermiddlebro. You're pretty on it already, but hey, why not call it? Facebook.com forward slash supermiddlebro as well. You get to uh, ask us a bunch of questions, see our podcast. We did an interview with Jason North the other day. Check it out. He's uh, pretty big in Adelaide when it comes to doing tours and stuff like that, gigging his band as well. You know, he's in a part of... A lot of things, and um, yeah, if you guys want us to interview anyone in particular, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into, uh, on board with some interviews next week as well. We keep them the keep them the iron hot there, Danny. Yeah, no, definitely right. We we try to do more of that this year. We kind of switched off last year with interviews, but they're very good to do. Um, learn a lot about the industry, a lot about some local bands as well. So it's great. Cool. Uh, with that, I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We've been the Super Metal Brothers. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.